So welcome everyone to this week's edition of the Commercial Real Estate 101 Meetup Group. Uh, for those of you guys who are tuning in for the first time, we do this podcast. It's really like a meetup slash podcast that we do every other week to just talk talk about different commercial real estate topics. And today, I'm really excited about today's episode. It's going to be interesting to see what we talk about. But my wife, my beautiful wife, Melanie Rivera, is okay. on the call. Uh, her full name is Mel Melanie Rivera Colón. Um, no, no, no middle name. I, you know, so it's always good, but, uh, but we're going to be excited to talk a little bit about our, <laughs> our background. Melanie's in the real estate space on the title side, and she also had a little bit of experience on the residential side as well. So she'll share some insights there. And then we'll just talk about, you know, marriage and just being in a relationship with someone who is in the commercial real estate or, or really real estate space and in, 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 as a whole. So excited to talk about it. So Melanie, welcome. Thank you for having me, even though you're in my house where we're you're in <laughs> our house and I'm in the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm at the home office right now and Melanie's in her her office. In my uh, office. Uh, it's quite nice. Yes. Yeah, so marriage, I guess. Well, we've been married for just less than a year. So mm -hmm. but we've been together for how long? Seven? Long time. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe what we can do is talk a little bit about, you know, how we met. Um, and then, you know, how do we make it over to where we're at here in Louisville? So do you want to tell them a little bit about how we met? <laughs> how we met? Um, well, I'm born and raised in Puerto Rico. So usually um, I use, well, he's just so loving and stuff. Um, so I was born and raised in Puerto Rico and I met him in a project called Suri. Mm -hmm. For all the people that worked with us, hello. Um, the project um, was based in Puerto Rico, so apparent this this project was a development uh, project that had um, software project for the tax in Puerto Rico, and so my job was basically translating and making sure that all documents are well written and all that. Um, so Rafael, I saw him the first time. Um, and I was like, immediately, uh, who's that? You know, I wanted to, wanted to know. Who. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, it, it's awesome. I mean, and, and, you know, we, you talked about us meeting on the project and, you know, we, we've, this is a story we tell people all the time is that, you know, initially, you know, it's not weird talking about it in a camera. Okay. No, like, it's not, it's not, it's not at all. Like, you know, you know, obviously we, we were both, you know, attracted to each other and everything else. And I obviously was working on the project. So that was my hesitation initially. And then obviously everything ended up working out and we started, you know, dating. Well, and... initially you didn't even look at me. I was no, like, stop. That's not true. <laughs> well, I felt that way. I felt like yeah. he didn't look at me. I was like, well, I, I think he's not interested in me. And so I just kept going and well, not really. I actually followed him around a few times. <laughs> I went to the gym. I made sure that I was in the gym when he was in the gym. And so, you know, that's how they started. And he finally asked me out like it should, because why not? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it worked, it worked out real well. And, you know, obviously we worked together on the project in Puerto Rico for a couple of years and, you know, you were on the translation side. I was on the software development side and you know, the job we had was very transitory. We were moving all the time. And so, you yeah. know, you, you're originally from Puerto Rico. And, you know, I know when I got the call to to move to Louisville, it was supposed to be temporary. 
And so I kind of, uh, <laughs> I asked Melanie. It that was, was supposed to be temporary. He it said was. it was going to be six months. Mm-hmm. Well, months. that's what they told me. That's what they told me. They said it was going to be temporary and then we'd be relocating back. And so I asked Melanie, that was, a, you know, a, obviously a, a, a conversation that I was, I, I was very strongly believed that we would be together for a long time. And so I asked her if she was wanting to move to, to Louisville with me. And she said, yes. And thank God she did. Um, and ultimately, yeah. That I though I had to make a few adjusts, adjust, you know, because I was in Puerto Rico, it was warm there, and then it was the winter time here, and I had to adjust to the having friends and all that stuff. So it was kind of an adjustment um on my part. But yes, I moved and then Obviously, the project didn't need me to move to Louisville for the specifically the skills that I had were not needed in Louisville. So I had to find me another job. And that was another struggle that I had to do for eight months (laughs) to figure out what I wanted to do, because I could do anything. I just didn't know what was that I wanted to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, obviously what your commitment to moving, I mean, that's huge. Uh, you know, I, I come, you know, you know, this, my dad was in the military. And so we moved all the time when I was a kid. I mean, I'd never stayed in one place more than five years. So the move for, to me was not that difficult. Um, yeah. For you, we're like, this is just another move for me. It was like, uh, mm-hmm. well, specifically yeah. because I mean, I lived well, I did live for a few months in, well, a few months, a few weeks in France, you know, but it's not the same thing like living there. But you told me it was six months. So I was like, I guess I can do six months, but <laughs> now we're yeah. here. No, but yeah. I really met a lot of people, uh, fun people. Um, I made new friends. I discovered real estate. Um, I made a couple mistakes, you know, it's you grow. You grow. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, when we first moved here, obviously I was still with my previous company. You know, I was, I worked with them for almost five years. Um, and then back in March of 2019, you know, transitioned away. And then it was just kind of like, I was in limbo for a couple of months trying to figure out what I wanted to do and ultimately decided, you know, I'm just going to work and get my real estate license, uh, which, you know, was kind of a, a difficult transition point because we, we talked about it beforehand like we were both out of didn't have work for like several months uh in that period of time so it was kind of stressful so uh, to say the least that time um i was working in humana mm-hmm. i mean who didn't work in humana shout out to the humana employees over here <laughs> so i worked in humana and i noticed that i didn't like to work on the corporate side and i kind of wanted to deviate for what i from that world and then Raphael decided to um not wanted to work <laughs> <laughs> with fast anymore that company uh, that we used to work um it was a good company though uh and it was a, you had a really good income and so mm-hmm. coming from like uh, having a good income and then just starting in real estate not real estate like residential is commercial real estate where you barely make any money in the beginning but you potentially can make more money it's just that in the first few years actually I wasn't working so I had to go back to work and like um, w2 yeah you and you 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 know for the first eight months we first moved here to Louisville I know you were you know we were 
out of work, but you were looking at different opportunities and ultimately you got an opportunity and, you know, it kind of lined up to where, you know, you were at Humana for a little while. And then, you know, I left what I was doing and then you, you had left at the same time. So there was a period of, and it kind of coincided. I mean, obviously not, not necessarily coincide with COVID, but it was right around that time. And so I remember, you know, obviously we were pretty. Yeah, it was before COVID. It was 2019. I was uh, ready to start with a chart. I was in human resources uh, with uh, Louisville betting. And so I had a really good, good job there. I met a lot of people. That's where my first time that I met Cubans in, in Louisville. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have met Cubans then. I was so isolated. <laughs> yeah. And, and Latinos in general, I started to be friends with people and they worked out. That's awesome. Yeah. And th- and for those of you guys who aren't in Louisville, there's a very big Cuban community here and it's growing. I mean, every year it's growing rapidly. So, you know, there's a pretty great ecosystem for, you know, Cuban businesses, Cuban just people in general. So it's it's been kind of cool to at least have that Caribbean uh, tie because there's, you know, obviously some of the, the food similar and you know some yeah, of the cultural similar, aspects um the the way we speak the way we you know it's it's a really it's nice to have that culture because you 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 resonate with them you you can mm-hmm. relate to them yeah in some yeah. ways <laughs> absolutely and and everyone has a different life experiences but you're right i think it, it's been kind of nice to have that vibe i mean every time you know we go to different restaurants around town it's kind of nice to feel like at least there's some you know, similarities between, you know, the way that Cubans operate and, and Puerto Ricans as well. So it's been kind of nice, but, but to, t- to kind of go back to the beginning, you know, obviously, you know, I got my license in t- July of 2019 and to set the stage a little bit, we actually bought a fourplex, a four unit property yeah. in old Louisville, uh, at the end of 2018. Um, and so, one of the tenants was actually already vacating. So we had, you know, them vacate one of the units and then we did some light renovation of the interior and then we moved into the, the fourplex. Um, and that's kind of where we lived for the first two years. Yes. Of a lot of people yeah. ask me, how did you survive all this time? Like if you weren't working, wasn't working, um, that was our, that was the best investment we made, even though, you know, at the time I wasn't very into the living fourplex, but it, it was a good idea because we managed to save so much money to actually buy a house. And mm-hmm. so we moved out of the um, the fourplex after two years or two years and a half. We were able to move to J-Town. That's where we live right now. And he just kept going. He just kept working on on commercial side. And mm-hmm. well, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, exactly. And, and really, I mean, you you can attest to this, and I know we we talked about it. I mean, throughout the first couple of years of of brokerage, like I really didn't make any money the first yeah. year. I mean, <laughs> Melanie's like looking at me like, "All right, like what's going on here? You know, you're not making any money." I mean, luckily in in my case, I had a I had a draw. So for those of you guys who are listening, I you know what a draw is is it's a you you essentially get prepaid your commission, and then you have to pay it back to the brokerage. And luckily. You know, my brokerage that I'm a part of offered that. And so I was able to make like 20, like 20 grand or 25 yeah. grand throughout the year. But if it weren't for that, I would have probably made like 13 or $14,000 my first year. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was almost nothing. But yeah. uh, the four plus, since the four 
four plus even helped after because even though you weren't working, you weren't making that much money, you have all the the units rent out. And that was paying itself. And so we also have, well, I also had a full-time job, which helped us pay for the mortgage in, in the meantime. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what enabled us to save. Cause I think that, you know, luckily the fourplex was kind of self-sufficient for the most part. I mean, the more, the, the rents that were coming in covered the mortgage and a little bit on top of that and, you know, maintenance stuff and just comes up. So you have to pay for that. But in reality, we really didn't have a mortgage payment for almost two years. Um, and that's what enables us to save. Even though I wasn't making a whole lot my first two years, we were able to save enough to where now we bought a house in, in J-Town, which is a pretty, pretty. I mean, it's a, it's a growing market or growing a sub-market here in Louisville. Um, and yeah. so now we have, you know, the two properties. Um, and now, you know, I'm in year four of my brokerage career and I'm starting to, you know, pick up a little bit, which is great. You know, the first, you know, like I said, and we, we've talked about this on the podcast a lot, like the first couple of years are just, you know, inevitably going to be tough. So. Yeah, especially when you're not from Louisville, you are new to everything. You don't know anyone. I mean, I don't know anyone. When I I decided to leave my job with uh, Louisville Betting to become a realtor, it was basically inspired by you and um, Emily over here. She's actually in the call, mm-hmm. um, having conversations about like, you know, having your own time and schedule and so I wanted to do something like that um but circumstances I mean not everything's gonna go great especially when you're what married and or you're about to marry because that year we were about to get married and (laughs) there's a lot I thought that the, the the money that you spend on weddings are insane and it's like you have a budget and it's just just forget about it that budget doesn't work it's not gonna the budget's just gonna go down the hill because you're gonna pay way more double for what (laughs) you're actually getting i mean there's the the marriage i mean and that's a different uh topic for another day but i mean some of these you know contractors for different weddings and stuff they're like you know, if it's a regular event, it's one price. But then as soon as they find out it's a wedding, it's like, oh, it's double or triple. It's you like know, triple. Yeah, yeah, what, especially cakes, like cakes. Yeah, everything. I mean, I was I was ill-prepared to understand like what it costs to actually put a wedding together. Because I know we initially had a plan and everything and that kind of went out the window. But I think part of it too was we had an issue with the venue, like the venue that we were originally supposed to use, like burnt down. <laughs> so there was a, there were added there were added variables in there that kind of forced our hand in some things but yeah but you're, half but the year they didn't tell us that they caught fire i had to give several calls to the venue so they can give me my money back mm-hmm. yeah it was it was a debacle it really was but but luckily we were able to figure it out but you know kind of going back to that that point you know i know that you know what it, i was in the brokerage business for the first few years not making almost any money luckily you know, you had a, a job at Louisville Betting Company, which is a local company here. And so you had a stable W-2, uh, you know, job, which kind of moral of the story, which I know a lot of people probably on the call are, are, are interested in. Like if one of the partners has a W-2 job, it helps a lot, yeah, especially starting yeah. out. I feel like it. that's that's what you you almost have to do I because I feel like it's like when I went into real estate, I thought I'm not going to lie. I thought it was going to be easier than what I 
I know that was going to be hard, but I didn't think that was going to be a little bit. I also started in a really weird time. <laughs> you couldn't even get an offer in sometimes, especially with the the people that I was working with. They, they couldn't afford it. So it was the time where you needed to bring money, appraisal gaps, um, no inspections. And I didn't want to recommend none of my clients to no go for inspections. I didn't want them to you know to do that so I was trying to be the best realtor I could but slowly with the you know we have our wedding going on and um they were asking us for money and slowly we were giving money and then it was just anything I would make it would barely everything that I file will make it will go straight to the wedding and so we were struggling trying to find ways to keep us afloat and that's when I decided to maybe go another route, find something else. And good thing um, Stephanie Clemens uh, was the person who I talked to and recruited me uh, here, here at Bluegrass Land Title. Um, she uh, managed to give me, give me the opportunity. I mean, obviously I have several interviews, but gave me the opportunity to work uh, with Bluegrass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And, 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 and it's been a good opportunity for you and, you know, it, it was an interesting time because, you know, obviously I had, I was like two years in and then, you know, you decided you wanted to get into residential real estate and I was fully supportive of it. I thought, you know, it could be kind of cool for us to both be, you know, in the space. And what we realized was that, you know, as, especially when you started, it was, it was like mid 21 interest rates were like two and a half, 3%. Yeah, it was Two, three, four percent. A lot of buyers. I would get a lot of leads. That wasn't the problem. To get leads, to get people, no problem. To get people where they, you know, to come down their dream house because they were thinking that they can get any house they wanted, like or or they think that they could have, you know, asked for the seller for credits. It's like that's not the time. And I tried to do the best I could to to set those expectations but sometimes it just doesn't work out and you just have to deal with it <laughs> yeah well and, and and it wasn't even that it was more like there was just nothing available and there were 20 buyers for every one house that was out there and so you know i remember one time you came home and you were like all distraught and you're like we went forty thousand over asking or something crazy and we still lost yeah and it was 25 <laughs> 25 um offers on a house yeah. it was a really good house i really wanted her to win the house and it actually sold for what i put in but uh, she wasn't willing obviously to do the gap she doesn't have her money mm -hmm. and uh, she didn't also want to do no inspection so i i understand that i'm like we'll see if we're the best but you know, that just happens in the, I'm sure there's a lot of realtors that are listening and they know that they know the drill. <laughs> they know. Oh yeah. Is. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, kind of what you had mentioned, it's, it, you know, it's, it's just, it was an interesting time and, and until one partner really is, is established like ready. And, you know, you can be pretty consistent about what the expectations yeah. are on income. It's, it's really hard to make, you know, a two salesperson household work until someone is more established yeah, so, i think that the only way to way to work is that one is more established than the other and the other then can start you know and it won't be so much pressure that oh i gotta get money right now mm -hmm. otherwise you know yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to pay the bills 
Absolutely. That was like the, the money was going out very quickly when <laughs> you are not having income. You don't yeah. ever realize that when you have income, but especially with the wedding was it was very so a roller coaster of emotions during that time. And then I think it just made us stronger because like not having money, pay the wedding, getting married, um, paying for the honeymoon, paying for all the stuff that we need to pay, you know, it's mm-hmm. a little bit difficult, but we made yeah. it. Yeah, of course. And, and, you know, I'll preface it by saying too, our parent, my parents were able to help out a little bit, which alleviated some, some stress as well, yes. but, but it was a very tumultuous time last year for sure. I mean, I, I just remember because, <laughs> because you get a check in and, you know, with some of the commercial checks are decent size, you know, so you get it in and, you know, then I have to pay, you know, the brokerage fees and then I got to pay all this other marketing stuff or whatever else. And then by the end of it, you got something left and it's like, oh, wait, now we got a mortgage and we got all this other stuff to pay. And by the end of it, you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, that big check now is almost non-existent and we still yeah. have to pay all this. And so it's, it's, um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, we were in a lot, we were luckily in, in our case, we communicate very well with each other all the time about this sort of stuff. And we're very transparent about it, which I think helps. I think that's the only way to do it. You can't be in a situation where, you know, you don't talk about this type of stuff. Otherwise, it just eats away in, in the relationship. So, well, the only that is that I think that talking about it is good, but also understanding what the potential is. Like, I know for sure that you're doing well now, um, but sometimes you doubt yourself. You you can doubt your partner sometimes. I so many times where I'm like well is it always gonna be like this is it gonna be like always trying to struggle and not just like coming up and down so just you know how to realize at one point you got to trust your partner to to you know if you're gonna do what you need to do you're gonna do it and I'm gonna hold hold you accountable uh-huh. the entire time because because you promised me <laughs> yeah of course and yeah. you know I couldn't agree more and and you know, I think, it, I think more so than anything, like you had mentioned, it, it's, it's that, it's that, you know, willingness to just kind of stick, you almost take a step back to take a few steps forward in the future. And sometimes you don't see it materialize immediately. So, you know, in that's one, one of the distinctions that I make between W2 jobs and, and, and any entrepreneurial endeavor is that, you know, when you have a W2 job, at least in my experience, it was like, you have, you know, a paycheck every two weeks. So there's a validation for the work that's put in on a weekly basis. So you kind of get used to it saying, okay, well, if I put in this amount of work, then I will ultimately receive X, Y, Z amount of payment at the end of those two weeks. But in, in any type of, you know, contract role or W or non W2 role, you could put in work for 40 hours and not get paid anything. It could all fall apart at the end of the day. And so you, you become more, you, you have to learn how to become more emotionally regulated because you, you, you can't get too invested one way or another. You can't get too high and you can't get too low because otherwise it's going to, yeah. you know. I think, I think you were better at that than me. I am very, I'm an emotional person. And so if, if something is going on, I also want to be really great at my job. And if I, if there's something going on that I, that is not allowing me to do what I want. I just beat up myself about it. I feel like I just go down. It's like, what am I doing wrong? What is it that I need to do? There are people doing it. I should be able to do it as well, as better as, or even better than other people. Like I have the skills to do so. 
So I couldn't really understand. And now I probably do better. Uh, but I couldn't understand at that time what what I was doing wrong. And I wanted to learn so I can continue because I didn't want to give up. You know, it mm -hmm. seemed like you don't want to give up on like <laughs> on on yourself because it's your own business, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I will even say you didn't give up. I mean, it's, it's one of those things yeah. where it's a, it's a, you know, it, it it's, you look at the broader landscape and said, okay, you know, how can we, you know, execute so that we can sustain ourselves long-term and, you know, ultimately the future is, is bright regardless. So, you know, I, I think, you know, as we kind of mentioned, I, I think really it, it comes down to, you know, being on the same page as your partner and you've been extremely supportive from the beginning. I mean, you know, I can't tell you, you know, how doubtful I was in my head when we first started, um, you know, on the brokerage side, I thought I was, you know, I, I thought, to be honest with you, I thought it was kind of crazy. Um, I don't know. You never really doubted yourself. I think you well, were really, you've always been very confident about, I think maybe you didn't tell me, but whenever you say something, I believe you because you are very confident when you talk. So I just believe you. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think, I think that's, I'm a, like, okay. <laughs> and that's, that's something that I have developed over time. Like I, I can, I can, I can convey a very a high level of confidence when I'm doing things, but you know, internally, I mean, the way I manage stress is to internalize everything. So if um, I'm in a situation where, you know, it's a high stress environment, I mean, you saw this even in my previous career, like I would, I would be working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week, sometimes on different projects that had tight deadlines. And, you know, I would just keep everything inside and just kind of like, you know, be stressed out and always like, jittery you know that's just how i respond to stress but you know some yeah, people just respond don't differently to talk about it you like no. to just to just bite your hands <laughs> i know yeah internalize it yeah i internalize it and and you know i use that as fuel you know i think there's benefits to being under a little bit of stress and a little bit of pressure because it does make you and that's it, what it I know a lot of because somebody somebody needs to handle stress better than if you're an emotional person like me. I think you should be with somebody or have somebody who's not as emotional and can see things in an objective um, side of things. Because I tend to just not do that. I tend to just go straight to negativity and you need a positive person to lift you up. And I think that that's why we make such a great couple because he is not as emotional as me. So he can things, he can see things very object, you know, far, far from emotion. So he's always trying to find a solution for everything. That, <laughs> Even that's the if I don't ask for yeah. it. That, that's the engineer. That's the engineer in me. I feel like that's just kind of how I operate. But then, you know, obviously on the partnership side, like you mentioned, I mean, you, you're great at being able to, you know, uh, allow me to stop and smell the roses sometimes, because I feel like a lot of times I get in a situation where I'm just like laser focused on one thing and thinking about the future, 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 but I never stop and just kind of yeah. stop. I think That's you it. need sometimes to live in the present and think that you have so much, you know, it's, Ambition is a word that sounds bad, but it's not, you know, as you have so much like ambition in your life, you want to achieve so many things that you do not even focus on what you have right now. And that's where I need yeah, you to ground me. You bring ground me very well. down to the earth that we live right now. Like every second matters. So, oh yeah. Yeah. We've learned that for sure. So, I mean, one thing I'm, I'm, I'm curious about is, you know, what, what, so obviously there's probably a lot of people on the call 
that either are actively in the real estate business and, you know, maybe their partner isn't, or, you know, they want to learn how to manage, you know, this particular process. What is some of the advice that you would give people who are looking to maybe follow a similar path, you know, whether they're, you know, wanting to get in the real estate. Yeah. Like people who have uh, real estate, they're starting off or. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, let's say, let's say that, you know, there's, there's a couple out there that, you know, they're both, you know, have W2 roles right now, but one of them wants Mm -hmm. to jump into the real estate space and kind of take, take their hand at, uh, at brokerage well, or anything. I would say this, like if you really do trust your partner, like trust them um, and also hold them accountable. I would say hold them accountable because if if you have one of those partners that starts something and then starts another thing and another thing, that's not stable. I say, if you want to start real estate, that's fine because a lot of people succeed in real estate. And I think, I believe that real estate is a great source of income, but in the beginning, it's not going to be easy. So you're just going to have to hold your partner accountable, making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And sometimes that's going to be, you're going to fight or you're going to argue about it. But I think it comes from a place of, of love like I want you to succeed because you told me that this is something you wanted to do and I want you to succeed. So I think that just holding each other accountable and and also like giving them words of affirmation and helping them, I think that's that's what matters the most. I know that that's, awesome. that's great. No, no, that's great. No, it's awesome. And and you know that's one of the things about it, it is a partnership, right? Being a couple and married, or if you're not married, if you have a significant other you've been with for a while, like part of being a couple is holding each other accountable. You know, I can't tell you how many times Melanie's like encouraged me on different things and, you know, you know, gave me a different perspective that I would never have based on, you know, her life experiences. And there's definitely things that I do with Melanie where I'm always like, you know, yeah, you should do it. Like I always keep pushing her, <laughs> you know, cause like, yeah, he pushes me a lot and I'm not really, I, before I wasn't used to being pushed so much. Like I'm like, what? what is up with this guy who keeps telling me to do stuff and I don't want to do that. And I think it helped because you gave me out of the shell. I was very introverted. I mean, I'm still, I'm still introverted, but I can't you know, I can talk to people. I get my energy though when I'm alone, but um, if you wouldn't push me to do other things, I probably wouldn't doing what I'm doing. I don't know where I would be doing. <laughs> well, and, and I think more so than anything, it's just, you know, knowing that, you, you know, it's okay to try, you know, I think that's the biggest thing I've learned from my ex- life experiences. And my parents did a really good job of that, especially my mom, you know, anything that I, you know, wanted to do, she was always just like, give it a shot, see, see how it works. And if, if you suck at it, then okay, whatever. You suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the end of the world. You'll find something you're good at, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out at some point. So yeah. I think, yeah, that's a good. Uh, well, that's great advice. Yeah, it is. But sometimes it's scary. I mean, anytime you try something new and, you know, you're, you put yourself out of your comfort zone, it's going to be difficult. And Yeah, I but. mean, I was scared when I was coming here and what to expect. Uh, are people going to like me? And don't get me wrong. You get a lot of that. When you are living somewhere else, you do get, you know, people comment on like, how is in the United States or how is it in the South of Kentucky? People act a certain way. And then when you come here, like people are so nice. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, you, yeah. People are going to be rude or mm-hmm. not. I think like one of the nicest cities um, is Louisville, Louisville, I think. I mean, I haven't been to any other cities around. Well, yeah. I guess. Yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, and obviously I was the same way when we first moved uh, to Kentucky because you don't know much about Kentucky, you know, it's, it's outside what you see in the films or whatever. So, you know, we, I know when we first moved here, we were like kind of hesitant about what, you know, to expect, but luckily, I mean, Louisville's a major metro area. We're huge and we got a lot of vibrancy as far as the culinary community is. And you know, it's very affordable and there's a lot of things to do and it's, it's a really cool city, but you know, we didn't know what to expect when we first moved here. Um, so yeah. another reason getting out of your comfort zone is sometimes nice because you get to have those experiences. Um, yeah, I definitely got out of my comfort zone for that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you would like ask me to, he created this meetup group. It's called the Real Estate Investor Group. And I, in the beginning, could not talk to anybody. <laughs> and now I talk to everybody. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's slowly. I still get uncomfortable. Don't get me wrong. I still get uncomfortable doing things I don't want to do. But then I'll just... I'm already used to being uncomfortable. Well, not as much now. Like that right now I'm uncomfortable doing this video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm doing it anyways. I think it's I thought it was a great idea. I thought that he had a great idea. I'm gonna support him. Yes, I'm gonna do it. Um, but it's about what you know what you could you could do after. Like you you'd be surprised what you could do when you do things when you do things out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. You surprise yourself. Yeah, no, 100%. And, 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 you know, obviously in our business, in the real estate business, so for those of you guys who are listening, like, you know, we didn't know anyone when we first moved here. So really getting involved and putting yourself out there in the beginning is going to be extremely important. You know, we, I started a meetup and luckily Melanie was very supportive of that. And she would come even though she didn't want to really <laughs> hang out in that area. And for the first year, she came all the time. And then she's like, okay, I think it's all established now. So, you know, she, uh, yeah. she didn't come as regularly, but, um, but no, but I still come, you know, from time to time. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, what, questions. yeah, what we're going to go ahead and do, I wanted to give us a little time. So I'll, I'll go ahead and open it up to Q and a. Um, so if you guys are watching this on Facebook, um, feel free to type away. And if you guys are listening to this in uh, here on uh, zoom, then please type away as well. Oh, I think Oh, yeah. Emily wanted to know about the love story. Yes, that's what I see. Love story. I mean, the love story, <laughs> I, I think we talked about it. I think it was like uh, we met in, at work and he wouldn't he wouldn't pay attention to me. And so I follow him around. No. Well, you that's... have a question, Emily? <laughs> she raised her hand. That's funny. Yeah, I have a question. Hold. We have a question. Okay. Well, hey, Raphael and Melanie, how are you guys? This is Andrew. I'm How's it going, man? Yeah. It's going well. Um, so I have a question in terms of how you uh, managed your finances when, when obviously, Raphael, you were starting out and you said you had a rough time, which is normal, not making a lot of money in the first year, but you guys had shared finances. And do you have any advice for how couples can can navigate those waters of sharing finances or, or building together and, and grouping it together, or keeping it separate and maybe talk a bit about how you guys manage that process. Yeah. So we had a separate, Oh, go ahead, Mel. No, no, no you go. 
So we, 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 so we had, we, we still to this day have separate accounts, although, you know, we've talked about combining everything together. Cause I think at some point it's, it makes sense. Uh, but when we first, you know, got started, I was, you know, we were, we were still dating and yeah. Yeah. Everything was separate, but we were in charge of different things. Like, for example, um, when Raphael bought the fourplex, he was in charge of managing it and also collecting all that money, paying all the bills with um, um, electricity and water. And what I would do, because I was working, I would just send him um, part of my, I was basically renting the fourplex. So I was giving him money to to rent it out so he can have that money, you know, for the fourplex and also for other things. So I was only paying like quote unquote rent. And then so later, um, once I got an, another job, uh, we bought a house, so I was in charge of paying the mortgage entirely, and I let him focus on paying um, the, you know, the insurance for the cars, the electricity, and and water. So he was very, he he would take care of the things that didn't require. I will only pay like rent, and and now I pay the mortgage. Though he's helping me now with the mortgage. Still, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're there. We're there now. So that's good. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. So, and, and to be fair, like when I, when I got into the uh, brokerage business, I had saved up a lot. So I was, I, my previous career was pretty lucrative. So I was able to save a lot of money. And even when I put down the down payment on my fourplex, which was, I think we put 10% down, I had a good amount of savings enough to where if we didn't make any money for a year that I, we'd be okay. So I did have a lot of savings um, involved and luckily Melanie was working as well. So it helped us, you know, navigate those those waters. And as Ms. Melanie mentioned, you know, I was covering mainly the mortgage and, and ongoing expenses for the property and then covered like some of the groceries. And if we went out for dinner and stuff too, I'd cover some of that stuff. And then now it's, you know, Melanie's covering the mortgage and I've, I've got the, the car payment, the electric payment, the water payment, um, groceries, kind of the other stuff, you know, the, the, the other stuff besides the mortgage, even though now I'm starting to contribute more on the mortgage side that I'm getting a little bit more established. And hopefully by the end of this year, this will be you know, knock on wood, it should be my best year. So, um, yes. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Is that, does that answer your question, by the way? I just want to clarify that. Sorry, we were on mute. Yeah, that was, that was a great answer. Yeah. Thanks guys. Yeah. Here, I'll check uh, Facebook to see. Yeah. Do you that's have a-, a great question? Yeah. Cause, cause I feel like that's a big, that's a big point. That's a big piece of of the puzzle when it comes to and then a lot of people get I mean I'm not gonna lie I get like down sometimes because like I want to do things and I can't I can't I mean before I couldn't do things that I wanted to do because I was working on we were working on our on ourselves you know especially when you come from like making money and then suddenly you want to start your own business and you had to start from zero and the money goes quickly and then you have to rethink yourself. So, but definitely if you're starting, if you want to be in real estate and you're with a partner, make sure, or if your partner agrees that one of them has to be, that's my advice. One of them has to be more stable than the other. So you don't clash like we did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, that's okay because we learn our mistakes and 
that's mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I'd, I'd say yeah, Emily, I'll see. So do you have advice on saving money? Um, that's a good point. So, you know, Melly and I, she had a great idea actually uh, about a, six months ago. We start, now what we have is an auto savings plan. So, you know, every week, I think we contribute, was it 100 bucks or 150 bucks? I can't remember. Yeah, I, I contribute $50 a week and Rafael contributes $50 and we combine it and we just, it goes automatically to this, savings account and you'll be surprised how how that's growing you don't even notice you don't notice Mm -hmm. $50 because you spend $50 on food and whatnot so $50 it goes every week to this um savings accounts I was even thinking about even increasing Increasing, to $100 each so that way it would be faster but for now it's it's 50 that's uh yeah yeah. I used to do that myself. I actually would contribute a thousand dollars a month to my savings account. I was I'm very safe. I like to save money. Yeah, that that's a great point. And and you know, you had mentioned you did that before. I, I used to do that a lot too, where you know it's the autoness is the pro is the thing you need to get into the habit of. It's like make sure it's Just automatic. Put it in auto. Yeah, because otherwise you know say- you forget. Yeah, sorry. I would say it's like paying yourself. You know how you have to pay all of these bills? I would say pay yourself first and then pay your bills. I know it sounds weird, but that's how I did it. And it worked. Yeah. And then uh, one piece of advice on the finance side, again, just out of, you know, is is avoiding or getting okay with li- getting away from lifestyle creep. Because I know before when we were you know, I was doing really well and we, you know, we were working, both working, you know, we used to travel all the time. I mean, I know that's something Melanie and I talk about a lot because Melanie loves to travel. I know I'm a big traveler as well. We've traveled to over almost 30 countries together, 25 or something like that. Something, a good amount. And there was one time where we took a month trip to Asia. And so we were just there for hopping around all these different places and cities and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, you know, obviously when you're, you know, getting started in business, that's not necessarily feasible from a, from a, from an economics perspective. And so, you know, getting, yeah. getting very clear on what you can spend on and, and getting, you know, getting Get very honed adjusted. in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and understanding it's, it's temporary. Like you're, you're, you're sacrificing now so that in the future, you don't necessarily have to do that, but, you know, sometimes having those conversations and, and really, I know we struggle with it the first year. But also know that you can, you don't have to travel another country. You can go to for example nashville you can go surrounding mm-hmm. states there is as beautiful as another country actually yeah. so that's yeah we would take we would take trips like we went down to nashville a couple times which is two and a half hours south from here we went to indianapolis for the weekend which was kind of cool we went to st louis which is three and a half hours away so you know if you can take those you know weekend trips somewhere and you mm-hmm. can you know maybe it's not going to Italy or not going to other these other countries where you got the flights and you got accommodations and you got eating out, et cetera. Like there's different ways you can still itch the travel bug as as they say, but, you know, maybe make it a little bit more, you know, economically friendly, at least for the time being, like I said, it, it's all about sacrificing now so that in the future you have the opportunity to live a life that, you know, you aspire to. Somebody else has a question. Oh yeah. Let me see. Let me read it out. So those guys can, uh, Oh, that was another question. Did you have a question that you wish I would ask you, Melanie? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you want a, a question that you wish you would ask me? 
No, the question that I wanted you to ask me, you asked it a long time ago when you, you put a ringer on my finger. <laughs> yeah, that was a question. So, that, that was the question that I wanted you to ask, but I, I, I can't think of anything right now. Oh, that's fine. No, I think it's good. I think... I'm on the spot right now. I can't think. Maybe I'll no. think later. No, it's good. I'm I'm glad we did this. I think it's I think it's just a good conversation to have because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of there's becoming more and more content out there uh, about commercial real estate, so getting the nuts and bolts of how the, the industry works, but, you know, as with any career, it's a multivariate. Like life is multivariate. You're going to have your career where you're focused on, you know, advancing yourself, but you also have your family life and you know, I know we don't have kids yet, but you know, at some point in the future, if you have kids, like that's adds another variable to the, to the discussion. So, you know, just yeah. having these types of open conversations and, and understanding that, you know, there's other people out there going through similar experiences, uh, I think kind of can provide some. Yeah. I think that's what helps because insights. sometimes I am scrolling down and I see somebody giving advice on, on marriage or, or giving advice in like, business and it helps you to know that you're not alone sometimes you can't even relate to those people so that's why i thought it was a good idea maybe you're having some struggles um at home and or or you you're trying to get into the commercial real estate <clears throat> business industry and you don't know how to navigate that with your partner so mm -hmm. yeah yeah I have I a question. I, uh, how can you balance relationship and work? Real estate can be very consuming. That's true. That's that a great true. point. Raphael works like all the time. <laughs> um, if we're doing something, I mean, he's pretty good about it when I tell him to put his phone down and I wanted to talk to him and spend time. So again, we had different love languages. I love to spend time with him. He loves... Um, uh, what's the call? Um, affection. I, I'm, I'm a hug. I'm a hugger. I'm a hugger. And I necessarily don't crave its uh, affection. All I need is you to give me attention. So when he's on his phone, I do get irritated. So he knows when to put it down and not to attend the phone. Uh, it could be very balancing it out is like when to know when to talk to a, a client and not in his case at least he he doesn't work on the well he does work on the on the weekends yeah but but it, it's not like i'm on call like going places and he's not clients call me right commercials a little different typing yeah. all the time yeah <laughs> writing usually... a book um doing the podcast um setting up a meeting meeting a meetup writing emails so i think he likes to do that in the morning and then we do something in the afternoon that's how we balance it out but yeah real estate can be very consuming when i was in real estate and we were doing it at the same time i was basically working the weekend so we we couldn't see each other so we try to make time um doing like a date night or something yeah that that's that's good and we, we need to get back into that that date yeah. night side because we, <laughs> we did it we did it for a long time and then it just kind of you know fell off but now it's like important to get back to it i think that's one piece is is setting a set time for to actually spend with each other and you know not be in, in, encumbered by all the screens because i feel like you know in real estate we're attached to our cell phones i mean it's just part of the business and so kind of putting knowing when to put it away and be like okay let's just set aside some time and it doesn't necessarily need to be you know 
hours and hours and hours. It could be just a nice meal. You sit down for 45 minutes or, you know, 30, 45 minutes and have a nice meal together and talk, you know, that's all that could be, you know, all you really need. Um, But I feel like, yeah. And and residential is different. So I'll, I'll say that, you know, I don't have clients calling me at 9am or 9pm, I should say, you know, I, I, you know, if they do, I just don't answer. You know, because yeah, I can that's talk, true. I'll call the residential is like, yeah, there's no boundaries set sometimes, yeah. especially yeah, when you tough. have a lead and you need to get the lead before anybody else get it. And you know, you, you need to, you need to give, you, you receive a lead, you need to run away and get the lead if you're, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. your source of income. Yeah. And the turnaround time is a lot quicker too. You know, residential pace is a lot quicker than commercial. It's like, if I can't get to it today, I can get it to it tomorrow. Most of the time, unless there's like a deadline that needs to be hit. Most of the time it's like, eh, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even get paid. Like you, like the one of the contracts you did, didn't, you didn't receive money until now. It was what, six months ago? Yeah. I mean, I have a transaction right now that I've been working on since the beginning of 22. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I haven't gotten paid yet, but it's a, it's a big deal. And luckily, hopefully, I mean, we're, we're, we're near the end now, so I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but it could still not close. So I'm, I'm not counting the chickens before they hatch. Um, but that, <laughs> that's not, that's not uncommon. You know, that's not an uncommon thing in commercial. Yeah. Whereas with res- to fall apart when, mm-hmm. when you did mm-hmm. all of it, you know, mm-hmm. well, 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 first off, Melanie, thanks so much for, for stopping by obviously i see you every day so it's always nice to see you again but um but, but i'm glad we were able to you know have this discussion because i feel like this is like i said before this is something that a lot of people don't talk about and i think it's an important topic because life is a multivariate you know thing it's not just career and there's a lot of content there's a lot of content out there that's starting to come out with commercial real estate topics focused just strictly on the nuts and bolts of how do you operate in a career but not so much on the personal side because, you know, so I appreciate you taking the time today. Um, yeah. And also it's not get me wrong. It's a little bit, sometimes uncomfortable to talk about it because it's like things that happen and, you know, people know your business, <laughs> but no, either way, I think that's a great, great idea. And thank you for having me. I love you. And uh, also, if, if people wanted to, you know, learn more about what you do, guys do, obviously you work at Bluegrass Land Title, like what's the best way for them to reach you? Yes, they can reach out to me at 502-807-1007. We do commercial and residential closings. Uh, we are finalizing our transaction for Rafael uh, for this is a really good deal for him. Um and so if you have a question about the title side of things, uh, just give me a call. Um, also, I'll be help, I'll be able to help you with either your marketing side uh, of things in the real estate world for residential and commercial. So give me a call and I'll see you in the closing table. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Melanie. Really appreciate it. For those of you guys who are tuning in, we do this every other week. So feel free to stop by and continue to engage. We'll have a recording of this so you guys can access this on at a later date as well. So again, thank you all so much for stopping by and we'll see you all next time. Bye.